0: good morning to everyone i'm so uh, happy that i can join you physically today i know that i've had the wonderful opportunity to share with you god's word through the videos uh, that has been uh, going uh, on uh, during this pandemic and so it is always wonderful to be able to worship with you physically as well i do know that we're still in pandemic and we still have to uh, take extra care And so we continue to pray. Of course, our prayer is, Lord, take it away so that we can continue on. But in spite of that, our work continues here in this world, especially in the work of spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, Also, every time I stand on your pulpit, I'd always like to take this chance to thank UECP, United Evangelical Church of the Philippines, for your continued support of the work of the gospel broadcast through Far East Broadcasting Company. I know that many of you continue to support the work and that you continue to pray for the work that we're doing, not only here in the Philippines, but uh, more so in Southeast Asia and China. Now, today we're going to be uh, looking at a very familiar piece of passage. And uh, as it was read to us, And uh, before we uh, proceed, why don't we just uh, pause and pray and give this time to the Lord. Our Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be able to worship today. Father, be with us. Speak to us. Speak to us with an individual message. Challenge us today, Father. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we know that the passage that we read started with the words, finally. Finally. Now, this is obviously at the end of uh, chapter six of the book of Ephesians, or his letter to the Ephesian church. And Paul is now starting to bring it together, trying to put a closure to his uh, discourse. In chapter one, he talked about what we have in Christ. What we have in Christ. And he talked about the many spiritual blessings that Christ affords us when we are in Him. And then from chapter 2 to 3, it talks about who we are in Christ, our position in Christ, that we are fellow citizens with saints and members of God's household. I mean, what a wonderful thought that Paul would always line that up, what we have in Christ and who we are in Christ. And then finally, from chapters 4 to 6, he gives his practical application. How to live in Christ. How do we have a faithful walk with Christ? To have a walk worthy of our calling. I mean, this is uh, uh, St. Paul 101. You know, every time Paul writes, he always opens His scripture text or his letters with doctrine. That's a wonderful thing about Paul. He works out his doctrine so that we may understand where he's coming from. And then after doctrine, he's going to go into a practical application. You look at all his uh, epistles, and it will have that structure that comes from Paul. And it's wonderful. And now, as he comes to the end of chapter 6, now obviously, when he was writing his letter, there was no chapter 6. But as he was coming to the end of his letter, he now wants to be more practical. This is how you're going to live in Christ. This is how you will make your calling secure as you walk in Him. But you need something. You need, now that I've given you the purpose I need to tell you where you're going to get your strength. Because this is not going to be a walk in the park. It's going to be difficult. And that's why from this verses that we started to look into, He now begins to give us the protection that we need to have an armor that comes from God. And so today, I would like to share with you this lesson that I would like you to bring home with you. God's strength allows us to stand firm and His armor protects the believer from the lies and deceptions of this world. Now, you're seeing an illustration. You know, this this, uh, passage of Scripture is so familiar to us that it's taught in Sunday school. And the illustration that you see is the illustration of my son when he was 10 years old. Because it was taught to them in school. And they were, from their own imagination, what does the armor of God look like? Now, obviously, you know that he loves Naruto or uh, anime. But you see, it's that popular that even children know about it. But today, we're going to unpack this wonderful... A passage of scripture for our own use as adults and as people who are facing this world today. So, first and foremost, let's look at the source or the provision, I should say, the provision of the strength that comes so that we may fight this world. It's there finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. This strength comes from the Lord, not from ourselves. The strength comes from the Lord. If you think that we have the strength, we don't have the strength. And that's why Paul reminds us, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And I think this becomes so, so very much more vivid today. As we can see how uh, the world is moving along on a downward spiral, as as we would put it. So the strength and power is available to people who believe in Jesus Christ. And that's why probably I would even add, for many of us believers who went through the pandemic, there is a sense of strength. That we know that even if we were going through a worldwide trial, we are still able to work things through. I'm not downgrading the fact that some of you may have loved ones who may have passed away because of the disease. Or some of you may have gotten sick and are continuing to live with that disease. And yet, in spite of that, the Lord never wastes our challenges. He is always there to teach us and make us strong. Because the strength and power come from Him. And that's why even in the earlier part in chapter 1 in Ephesians, Paul already talks about our power that comes from Jesus Christ. He talks to the Philippians about the power that comes from Jesus Christ. So first and foremost, the first provision is the strength of the Lord is ours. It comes from Him. The second thing that uh, Paul mentions is that the strength comes from the armor of God. It is not our armor. We didn't put it together. We did not uh, fashion it so that it can fit us. It is God who will provide that for us and fit us accordingly. You see, for soldiers, everything has to be in the right fit. You cannot be going to war with an ill-fitted combat suit or an armor because that armor itself is going to kill you eventually. So it has to be well-fitting so that you can move, so that you're agile. And the Lord knows that. And that's why it is an armor that God supplies. It is an armor that is prepared by God. It is an armor that we must put on. We must put it on. And that is from the understanding that as we believe in Jesus Christ, the understanding that it is His mind and His Holy Spirit that works in us to allow us to put on that armor. Because if not, we probably would just uh, rather not wear anything at all. Have you tried running after a child and uh, he doesn't want to put on whatever clothes you're trying to fit him? It's difficult. We have two sons, (laughs) and we've had experiences where they don't like to wear something, we're giving them. And here, it's the same thing. Unless... We understand who Christ is. And that's why Paul started with who is Christ, what do we have in Christ, and who we are in Christ. Unless we understand that, we will not understand how we're going to be able to put on the armor of God. So we have to have it in ourselves. And we need to fit it. So where is the provision? The provision of strength comes from God, And the provision of the protection, which is the armor, comes from God as well. Now, here's another thought as well as we go through the protection from this strength. What sort of protection? We have been given the provision. What then is the protection that we will get? Why do we need this protection? Now, we need to understand that in the words of Scripture, it talks about, in a sense, you can have a sense of it being a spiritual battle. But mind you, our spiritual battle is fought in a physical world. Don't think that this is just, I'm going to put on this armor, and then I'm going to be holy, and I'm going to be fine, and I'm going to go outside and just kind of float on air. No, you're going to be meeting with people which the evil one is going to use, and that's what we're going to be looking into. It says there, this protection will allow us to stand against the scheme of the devil. The word wiles in the uh, King James, you know, the wiles of the devil. The original word, uh, if I give you the Greek word, you'll probably understand what it means. It's metodia. Metodia, where we get the English word Method. These are the methods, the tactics of the evil one. Because he's crafty. He has his devices. And he would use physical people around us. That's part of his device. He will use the environment that we are in as his device. He is going to use disease as his device. He will use all of this. To fight God and to fight us. To make us fall so that we may not be able to fulfill what God has given to us. That's why in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 11, Paul also reminds us, So that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for few are not ignorant of his designs. All of us know who Satan is. And all of us know what he's capable of. We should never underestimate him, even if we are believers in Jesus Christ. He will try every means possible to put you down. And that's why we have to put on the armor. And these schemes are in various forms. In 2 Corinthians 4 and in 1 Timothy, it talks about blinding people about false doctrine that's why it says be careful because there will be people who will be speaking and you will just be waiting to hear these nice things from them and make you fall because of wrong doctrine. And that's why we need to study Scripture so that we will be ready for it. And then people will entice you to do other things that is against what God wants us to do. And so we need to be worry uh, about them. We need to be seeking and checking out our environment when we're looking at this. And that's why it is very important that we are understanding what the protection of God is, what that protection is. In uh, 1 John chapter 2, verses 13 to 14, it's a very good reminder for all of us. John wrote, I am writing to you fathers... Because you know Him who is from the beginning. In a sense, he's reminding fathers, especially now, believers. His audience are believers. He's saying, you fathers who know the Lord, you know Him from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I am writing to you, children, because you know the Father. You see, the encouragement there is we need to know who Christ is and who we need to know who God is Because after all, he is the one who will protect us from the evil one. And then it's not just the fact that the devil has his devices. The fact that we have to wrestle against him and other forces. And uh, what did Paul say? We're going to wrestle against principalities and power. What are principalities? Principalities are leaders. Because the word principality means the beginning, where it all begins, in a sense, the mastermind. So we're going to, to, to fight against the mastermind of evil in this world. And you know, sometimes when we think about the mastermind, we're always thinking of this, wow, you know, great schemes across the world. No, but there are masterminds. There are scheming people in your family, in your church, in your work, and we need to be watching out for them because they, we will be battling with them as well. And that's why I was, I'm saying, much as it is a spiritual battle, that spiritual battle will be translated into physical encounters in this world. And it says their principalities and powers. What are those powers? The word means influence. Those people that are capable to influence you. That brings up a nice word. Today we know of what we call influencers. And we can see them where? In social media. And I tell you, there's just a lot of them on YouTube, on podcasts, on TikTok, and whatever platform you may have. And that's why... Paul is telling you, be careful with the influencers. Be careful as to who you are listening to. Because that's part of the wiles, the methods of the devil. Warren Wiersbe once said, principles, uh, methods change, principles do not. Methods change, principles do not. Today there are many methods and social media would be one of them. It's just a lot of platforms. Now again, don't get me wrong. I am not saying that everything in social media is wrong. There it has become a good use for the gospel as a matter of fact. This this internet platforms very good use for the gospel and I'm very sure the church experiences that especially now during the pandemic. But mind you, you are wrestling against principalities and powers, against masterminds, against leaders, and against influencers. Another one, you are also wrestling with the rulers of the darkness of his age. In a sense, these are the minions, the minions of the evil one. You know, in, uh, uh, there is a picture... You know how it is that when you're in a dark room, you know, when you're in a dark room, as soon as the lights are shut down, everything becomes just so pitch black, right? And then if you just wait for a while, when you get used to the dark, things starting to lighten up, right? And you get a little bit more comfortable to be walking around. Now, that may be good in physical darkness, but that is a warning, When it comes to spiritual darkness, we need to be careful because once we start getting used to the principalities and powers and the influence of darkness, we normalize them and we think, "Eh, I think that'll be okay. That's okay. That's okay. And that's just inching you little by little away from who you are in Christ and what you have in Christ. It also talks about spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And again here, this is practically what we're talking about when we say spiritual battles. There are spiritual spirits going around. There is depravity. There is malice. There is evil. There is evil when a doctor who has his own practice shoots someone. I don't care whether it's a politics or whatever the issue is, when somebody who is educated, somebody who has posture and position in this world forgets everything and succumbs to evil, then death happens. And that's just one out of multitudes of example that has happened in the world. And many today continue to be ruled in darkness. And that's why we need to understand God has provided the strength and God has provided the protection. And the protection is for us to see the methods of the evil one and to make sure that we are ready to wrestle with spiritual forces. Now that we understand what, is, what it entails, let's look at What are the properties of what God has given to us? What are the properties so that we may be able to stand therefore? So in verse 14, that's exactly how it starts. Stand therefore. What's a therefore for? It's there because of what was previously mentioned. Therefore, now that you know that the source is God, now that you know that this is for your protection as you wrestle Let's look at what you've got. First and foremost, it stands it says there it is the whole armor of God in verses 11 and 13. So that we can do this. So it cannot be a part of the armor or just two pieces of the armor. It has to be the whole armor. We can't say, oh, you know what, I'm praying all the time, so because I'm praying all the time, I'm okay. No, no, no. Prayer is just one part of that. See, you know, I read the scriptures all the time. Yeah, reading the scriptures is very, very good, but that's just one part of it. We need to understand the whole armor and put on the whole armor because the evil one will have all the different methods to try to hit you in every part of your body. And so it is the whole armor that is involved. And the first and foremost is the belt of truth. Wow. Now, when we say the word truth, all of a sudden things get really complicated today. Because today we live in a postmodern world where truth has become relative. What is true to you may not be true to me. But we forget that in God's economy there is absolute truth. Don't be deceived by what the world is going to tell you. There is absolute truth and that absolute truth is found in Scripture. And it says there, what does the belt do? It puts everything together. You see, the old armor during those days is just uh, a set of things that you put on top of your body. And to secure it, you need that belt to bring everything together. And what does it show us? It is the truth of God that brings everything together. It is the truth that is seen in Scripture that will Make us understand who God is and why we are here. Truth can set us free from sin because each one is beset by that. In John, uh, in Hebrews uh, uh, 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We will not be able to do this unless there is truth that is in us putting our lives together. Truth matters today. And if we don't know our own scriptures and other people know it more, that's why they manipulate it. So I pray that UECP will continue in its tradition of going into Scripture through your Bible studies, through the teaching in the pulpit, because the truth matters even if the world says, no, we have relative truth. No, there is absolute truth. The truth that there is a God. The truth that there is a Savior given by God. The truth that we cannot save ourselves except to believe in Jesus Christ. To take Him as our Lord and Savior. And walk in His way. There is a truth that there is a Holy Spirit that works and moves in us so that we may be able to be in this armor of God. To put everything together. It is the truth. And then righteousness. Righteousness which is the breastplate Doing that which is good to protect our hearts. That's why it's right here. Righteousness to protect our hearts. It is in reference not to our righteousness. Remember, it didn't come from us. It is also putting on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It is His righteousness. It is His justification that is found only in Him that will protect our hearts and our minds. That's why we need to put on that breastplate i have a question for all of you do you know the righteousness of jesus do you know who jesus christ is in your life again remember you do walk as an army but you are armored individually if one Soldier is out of sync in his uniform, in his, in his protection, then the entire battalion is going to get affected. It will only take one to drop. Once a soldier drops in the phalanx, everything drops and follows. And that's when defeat begins. And so each one needs to be fitted with that truth and needs to know the righteousness of Jesus Christ that would protect his heart. And then it says there that this armor also gives us sure footing, a standing. Now, and, and how's that? If you put on shoes. So there is a military uh, outfit called a caligae for the Roman soldier. The caligae is actually a sandal with a one in spike, it's cleats, it's like what we used to wear for football. You know, there are cleats. That's how it is. Why? Because in battle, you're going to be stepping on people, on blood, on mud, and everything else. And you need a sure footing. But on the other hand, when we understand the gospel of peace, and we are told to stand fast. You see, this is a military term to hold your position. We're not attacking We're not moving forward. No, we are standing firm. Why? Because we are protecting the rest of the team. We are protecting the people of God. And our work is to stand firm because the onslaught of the evil one is coming. And what is going to put us on a good standing? It is the gospel of peace. It is the word of God. It is the Word of God that brings salvation. And that's why in Romans 10, when it says there, how will they know if they haven't heard? But how will they hear unless someone is sent? Blessed are those who have the feet of the Gospel that goes and brings good tidings. How beautiful are the feet of those with the Gospel of of peace. That's what we should have. That means we still have that capacity to be able to bring people to Jesus Christ from our own words. Because that's our responsibility to stand firm and make sure that the gospel of peace is always there, ready to be heard from our own lips. The gospel of peace gives us solid standing because it is the power of God to salvation. So now you're seeing the, uh, the pattern. First, you have to hold on to the truth. The truth of Jesus Christ. The truth that brings you the righteousness that protects your heart. And standing firm on the message of the gospel, which is the salvation that we get from Jesus Christ. And then it is transformed into faith. Faith that will shield us. Faith here is the faith of the knowledge of the truth. The knowledge of the word of peace, the gospel. That's what we're going to use as a shield. Remember when Jesus was tempted by the evil one, by the devil? What did he use? He used his words. He used the words of God. That's the shield that he's going to use. He's going to instruct people because there will be fiery darts. There will be false doctrines that's going to be coming. There's going to be lust of the flesh. There will be persecution that's going to come. And you need to shield yourself from all of that. And this world is not going to get any easier. If you read Matthew 24, you already know what is going to happen. Things are going to get worse before they're going to get better. So if you think... We're worried about COVID? Think again. There will be more. And that's why we need to learn from this. If you think that there's problem with the issues of abortion, with the issues of of death and murder, think again. There will still be more of that coming. And we need to prepare ourselves. And that's why we need to have truth. We need to have righteousness. We need to have the Gospel in our hands. And we need to have The shield of faith and if we're going if we're not going to strengthen that then the battles already lost and then you put on something to protect your mind what is it that you use to protect your mind obviously it's a helmet and what is that helmet in scripture it is the helmet of salvation salvation why Why salvation? Because it is the only hope we have. Because we have the assurance that because we know Jesus Christ, that we already see the end of the battle. Salvation is the one that will protect us from depression. It will protect us from defeat. Because we know that after all of these things that are going to happen, the King of kings and the Lord of lords will come. And we will meet Him so. Isn't that supposed to be our encouragement? Our encouragement is to know that the evil one will not be able to touch me because I am wearing an armor provided by God, strengthened by God. And I know that in my mind. The Christian faith is not an emotional faith. The Christian faith is a thinking faith. The Christian faith is not just a a warm feeling inside. The Christian faith is a conviction. Do you know you are saved? And that is the truth. It is not going to be an easy ride moving forward. And the only way to know that truth is the Word of God. And that is our only offensive device. The sword of the Spirit. That is our only device. If we are to hit against the evil one, it will be through the Word of God. And that is not just, say, speaking it. No. When we say speaking the Word of God, it means living the Word of God. Because I said, this spiritual battle is not fought just in the spiritual realm. It manifests itself in this physical world. We have to be ready. We have to know what Scripture says. That's why in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, look at the wonderful description of this offensive tool that God has given us in His Word. For the Word of God is living and active. It is not a dead book. It is not a dead book. This may be a dead book. This physical piece of paper is not alive. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the words, the meanings of these words that will find itself in our hearts. That's why it is alive and living. It is living, it says there, and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing, piercing, To the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrows, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It is going to pierce you deep. If it has not pierced you deep, I don't know how much of it you've been reading. Because the conviction and the joy that is in Scripture is just immense. For us to be depressed during this entire pandemic, says to me, much as depression is true, again, I'm not trying to put that down. But what I'm saying is, if we're simply depressed because we haven't been doing anything, it was a time for us to be pierced by God's Word so that we may be encouraged. That in whatever storm there may be, Jesus is there. He says to the storm, away with you. Who is this man that says away with the storm? And yet, Peter says, Lord, save me. Two words, and yet, he did. How much of the Word has pierced us? Because if it pierces us, then it will be our offensive weapon to pierce the evil one and to take him away. It will be used to pierce other hearts as we speak the gospel of peace as we speak to people, so that they too may be awakened in the belief in Jesus Christ, so that they too may wear the armor of God. You see, the armor is not just mine. It is not just yours if you have it. It is for you to tell other people to wear it. Know Jesus Christ so that you may have His righteousness in your breast His salvation in your mind. His word in your sword. The belt of truth. The truth of His life. That is why we are here. It cuts to the heart. And if we're not fitted well with this armor, then we will not be ready for what will happen in the future. There will be more. And yet it is not for us to despair. It is for us to stand firm. Then finally, there is another part of this armor. It is prayer. Much as we have everything that is fitted, there is one thing that we still have to have. Prayer. To that end, keep alert. With all perseverance, make supplications for all the saints. Could you imagine that? This is a heart issue. It is nothing that you just wear. It is a heart issue. Even if you're fully armored. But if we do not intercede for one another. Can you see that? Interceding for one another. Prayer, in this sense, is like the concept of the phalanx. The phalanx of a soldier means the first soldier covers the second soldier, and the second soldier covers the third soldier, and each one covers one another. That's what prayer is all about. As we face this world, as UECP faces this world, this community that you are in, we need to be praying for one another as we are fitted with the armor. It says there, be watchful, keep alert, watchful in prayer. That's why, do you know that Asians actually pray with their eyes open? And maybe that's something that we should do. You see, the the closing of the eyes came from the concept of go into your closet. Remember what Jesus said? Go into your closet, into your private moment. And pray to Him. So it is something intimate. And that's why we close our eyes. And to a certain extent, yes, that is true. So that we may be taken out from distraction. But another concept of prayer is praying with your eyes open. Praying to see you. To see the people that I am with. To see the soldiers that I am with. And praying for this group. And that's being watchful in prayer. You know, somebody told me, you know, it's a, it's a long-standing joke. You know, it says, oh, the Bible says, pray, always pray unceasingly, you know, always, uh, always pray uh, continuously. And what if I'm driving? Because the concept is to close your eyes and you can't drive. So obviously, that's not what it's saying. Obviously, it's saying, even as if I'm driving, I can continue in an attitude of prayer. And in a sense, it's a practical sense in that sense that we pray for one another. And that's why sometimes when somebody says, can you pray for this person? What is the name of that person? I want to be specific. I want to make sure that I can pray for that person. That it's not just a general prayer. There are reasons for a general prayer, but there are also reasons for a specific prayer. And this is what is being watchful. Praying in the Spirit all the time. All the time, being in a prayerful attitude. This is what is called for us. And then, notice it says there, making supplications for the saints. Those are our co-warriors. That's why we need to be praying for them. Praying for our co-warriors. But Paul didn't stop there. He said, now that you have the armor, pray for one another. And then he says in verse 19, can you also pray for me? Of all the person to be praying for, Paul? Paul, you're already the man of the hour. You're the top gun as far as prayer and teaching is concerned. And yet, you know what Paul said? Can you please pray for me that we may be given an opportunity to open my mouth boldly to proclaim the mysteries of the gospel? You know, that's such a practical request. Pray for your pastors. Do you pray for your pastors? Do you put them in your list? Pray for your pastors. Pray for your elders. Pray for your Bible study leaders. Pray for your teachers. That they may proclaim the Word of God boldly. Without any reservation. With accuracy. That they may speak the whole Gospel of God. As we bring in the armor in our lives to prepare ourselves for battle, we must wrap it in prayer and we must pray for those that are teaching us because together we can stand strong. When we arm ourselves, don't forget the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, faith that is a shield The hope of salvation, which is our helmet. The Word of God, our sword. And prayer that we will be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That's our prayer. That we be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. So don't put on just a part of the armor. Put on the whole armor. Now the Scripture text given to me went all the way to verse 24. So let's look at verse 21 as we come to a close, because verse 21 is a wonderful challenge for all of us. In verse 21 it says, so that you may know how I am and what I am doing. This is Paul. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister of the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that He may encourage your hearts. What's the challenge? The challenge is for you to be Titicus. That you would go out of this church as you have heard the gospel, as you have heard the Word of God, as you have heard about the protection of the believer. That you're not going to keep it to yourself but you're going to go out to others and tell others all about what you've learned here so that they may be encouraged. Can you do that today? Can you do that as Paul requested Tychicus? Could I request you that when you go out today, that you would go and remember in your mind that you are protected with God's armor. You are given and provided God's strength. And other people may have that as well. But we cannot keep our mouths shut. We cannot allow our masks to cover our capacity to speak because we can. Be a Titicus. Encourage somebody today and tell them that God's strength allows us to stand firm, and His armor protects the believers from the lies and deceptions of this world. Let's close our time together with Paul's prayer in verse 34. Peace to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be with you all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ in all sincerity. Amen and amen.